Welcome back to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify. My name's John. I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. And today we have a special guest, Hunter the Con Affaired. Uh, really excited to have him come on the podcast yet again and uh, speak with us today. How are you guys doing? Doing good. It's been a good Friday. Got some exciting that- stuff coming up. <laughs> What a what an intro! What an exhilarating well, intro! Well, the I'm energy glad. would have been better. There were many takes before this one, so and yet we're I here. Am. Yet we're here. How are you doing, Hunter? I'm doing well. Um, getting ready for practice and qualifying today. Xfinity, the truck race is on tonight. So yeah, what does the schedule even look like? Wait, I is Xfinity's practicing. I thought they were uh, tomorrow during truck, the day. Truck is qualifying right now. I think. Okay. Well, we've got on-track action. You can tell how much we're paying attention right now to all the action. Very true. But uh, we do have a truck series race tonight, so that's definitely something we, we're going to be watching later. Um, that starts at 9.13, green flag, but pre-race coverage starts at 9. So um, if we get this podcast out and done, make sure you're you're tuned into that. But, um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about, um, you know, from the very beginning of the season to now. Obviously, we, we've uh, seen two races are in the books. Uh, Kyle Busch most recently coming off a win at Fontana. Um, and, you know, one of the things I noticed, uh, and I know a lot of the media noticed because I was driving home last night and listened to three hours worth of NASCAR radio. But one of the things the media no- has noticed is that, you know, Kyle Busch got a lot less booze um, after that race. I just want to hear your interpretations and what you guys think of that. Um. Honestly, like, I was trying to think about it because when I was watching the broadcast, when the race happened, I was, like, watching with my dad, and I noticed, like, instantly that there was just, like, no booze at all. And I was like, oh, this is very different. I don't know what shifted. I don't know if people started hating, like, if it turned into, like, just Joe Gibbs hate, or it's because he's on, like, a, a team that was you know, an Earnhardt teams and many NASCAR fans are Earnhardt fanboys. So him going to an Earnhardt team, maybe turned a new leaf for him. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he's always been able to race and back his, his racing up with smack talk. And I've always liked that about him. So I get, I think it really has to be like Earnhardt fanboys just being like, Oh, well he drives for RCR and that's old school racing. And now he's cool again, instead of racing for Joe Gibbs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I have a lot of opinions about it, obviously. Um, but you know, Hunter, before I, before I, you know, you know, say my piece, what what do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, still, still being a new, a new NASCAR fan, I also don't really know a whole lot of like why he gets booed as much as he does when he wins. Um, but I don't know if maybe it's just just Joe Gibbs. Um, I know Danny gets a lot of boos too. So like if you went to a new team, would he get less booze? Um, I don't really. I would have to I, look back. I would have to look back deep because like I don't remember if Kyle Busch got booze when he was in the five car. Yeah, he used I mean, to drive for Hendrick. That was so long ago, though. Like yeah, but that was when he was his most arrogant. Yeah, but like what really pissed everyone else <laughs> off. Uh you know you're right. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, here's my opinion of it. It's too soon to tell. Um, he won one race, people. Like, let's take a deep breath. Like, all right, cool, awesome. He won one race. 
the fans weren't necessarily booing him. But I think one thing no one has really considered is the fact that he's only eight hours away from his his he's from Las Vegas. He's only eight hours. So that's his that's his home crowd. Those are his fans. Um, you know, he has the biggest presence of fans in, you know, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, Arizona. That's where really his fans come from. So yeah, he got less booze. He got a lot of cheers. But I think it's kind of a factor of multiple different things. I think it's a factor of the fact that he had, he was racing in his home crowd. Number one. Number two, yeah, he's in a Chevy now. So of course they're not gonna hate on him. Um and, and number three, I think it's just it pisses me off, but I think um fans kind of liked the fact that he left Joe Gibbs um and the whole circumstance and storyline behind that last year. And it felt like, oh, they it felt like Joe Gibbs tossed him to the side. But I mean, if you listen to the Denny Hamlin podcast, uh um I what's it called? Uh defamation something. Yes, yeah, it's called. Whatever everyone calls it the Denny Hamlin podcast anyway, that's what they should have called it. But uh, <laughs> the Denny Hamlin podcast, the Denny Hamlin. good show title. But he he even said in on his podcast that Kyle Busch was offered a huge sum of money, he turned it down, um, and then eventually he had to settle with RCR for less money. So I, I feel like somehow Kyle Busch has been construed as the victim in this entire like parade of events but he's not the victim he was offered a lump sum of money turned it down then joe gibbs said you know what ty gibbs is going to be our guy then if you don't want to take our money like that's fine and somehow i feel like the fans have just latched on to this idea that kyle bush was thrown to the curb um and he has stepped into a good car like the eight car was not a bad program no <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's easily the best car at rcr yeah um one of the things I've noticed, though, is the media is kind of saying, oh, well, he's in a Chevy. That's why people like him. Well, I don't think that's the case. Like, people don't like Austin Dillon. People, a lot of people don't like oh. Ross Chastain. Um, there's a lot of drivers that drive for Chevy that aren't liked by the majority of NASCAR fans. So, I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air, up in the air on it, of the reasoning why he got less booze, I guess. I mean, also, like, with the storyline, like, Kyle Busch had horrible luck last year towards the end and, like, the middle season. So I feel like fans will also look at that and be like, all right, well, now that he got the clean slate and he gets a win so fast, it's kind of, like, easy to root for that. Like, new team, you had an all-money season. Like, what was it, two races in a row in the playoffs? He blew an engine or something crazy. And yeah. it was like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> Well, yeah, people so, were like, yeah. oh, my God, JGR sabotaging him. Like, no, like, why would yeah. they do that? Like, they have a lot yeah, of money. They're not going to sabotage a chance to win a championship. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, like, I've always been a little bit. Hunter, I don't know how you feel about it, but I've always been. Yeah, I'm always, like, a Toyota supporter. Like, if it's not Denny winning, I want it to be a Toyota. I want it to be a and JGR they, car. I want it to be a car from 2311. Like, and and I just have those allegiances, I guess. Um, so, like, I when I saw him win, like, it was fine with me. Like, I don't have a problem with it. I was a little scared because now is Kyle Busch back? Um, oh, <laughs> is he? Is his he car is fast. And you know, this segues right into our next topic: um, overreactions or underreactions. So, this is a new segment that we're going to introduce to the show this season. 
essentially what we're going to do is we're going to decide whether or not the media is overreacting or underreacting to um, you know the events of the week. This week, Kyle Busch obviously won Fontana. Um, and as a result, he was number one in a number of power rankings following the race. So what do you guys think? Overreaction or underreaction? Kyle Busch is now a championship favorite. Can he go back to back at Vegas? What do you guys think? Um, his car, very fast at Fontana. Reddick did that last year in the eight car. I'm pretty sure he, he was, what, running second, I think, last year. And then he had some late uh, lap trouble. I forget if a tire blew or if he touched the wall because he likes to rim ride a lot. Um, so the car is already fast. Now, Reddick was also fast at Vegas. So the eight car is already fast. And now you have a much better driver in the eight than Reddick is uh, with Kyle Busch. So I don't know if it is an overreaction or underreaction. Can I add a third category to properly sure. rated? What, just a reaction? <laughs> like, I think it's like a matter of like overrated, properly rated, or like underrated. And if I have to pick one, I think it's an overreaction right now. I think Kyle Busch has a lot of speed and it's good. Um, but I think it's been three freaking races. Like there's nothing you can tell in three races. Yeah. It's cool. He's locked in the playoffs already, but it's been three races. So I think at any point, it's just an overreaction at this point to just get some clicks and see if he can do it again. But Vegas is his own track. He feels good in that car. He gets a win early on. He's going to feel very good. So he's going to be a big contender again this weekend. I don't know what you got there. I think I definitely agree. Definitely an overreaction. It's been two points races. Um, granted, he's running the front for both, but I mean, they're both tracks that he's relatively what runs relatively well at. Um, so I think it's just hard to really see who's fast and who's not with only two races. Um, so as of right now, um, I still I think I need to see Las Vegas still see how he runs. But as of right now, I'm going to say overreaction. I'm gonna disagree with you guys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way. Underreaction. I think, and it's hard to call that an underreaction. Like, how how could you underreact to someone like saying someone's a championship favorite? But it's Kyle freaking Bush. Like, we're talking about the best driver of our current generation, minus Jimmy Johnson. Like, take Jimmy Johnson out of the equation. Kyle Bush is the best driver of our of our time, um, and now he's in a great. A fast car. We knew that. I mean, Tyler Reddick was rocket fast in that car last year. He was rocket fast yeah. in road course races last year. It wasn't just mile and a half. Um, so, and, and then he's got a good team around him too. He's not going to have all those unnecessary penalties that we saw last year. If you think about it, RCR only has to spread the, um, the manpower between two teams. And, you know, for better or for worse, the better of those, those guys are going to go to the eight car. They're not going to go to the three. So you're looking at a really good driver in a really good car with a really good team around him. I think Kyle Busch is the championship favorite at this stage. Uh, I, if he's going to go out there and win three or four mile and a half, um, plus, you know, one or two road course races, I could easily see him totaling six or seven wins by the end of the season and see him really uh, put together a Kyle Busch year um, that we haven't seen in, in since probably 2018, maybe. I'd have to go back yeah. and look at stats, but um, it's Kyle freaking Bush. Like, why are we? I, I, yeah, think... and even 
And even Kyle Busch last year, I checked the results from last year, he had 41 points total and got fourth, even just in his normal 18 car. Reddick was seventh and had 30 points. So he's going to be in a super fast Chevy, tuned up, ready to go. <clears throat> so I can see why it's an underreaction. <laughs> I, I think it's an underreaction. I, I, I understand why you guys think a reaction. Like you can't really pick a championship favorite this early. Um, but I will comment. One thing I was – you know, listening to last night, I was listening to the dialed in um, radio show by Claire, Claire Yang. I don't know her last name exactly, but Claire, Claire on the Sirius XM radio on uh, NASCAR channel. And she actually called in Tyler Reddick. She was talking to Tyler Reddick like, oh, how does it feel like knowing that Kyle Busch just won in your car? And, you know, one thing he said was. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really, really messed up question. Um, but, you know, one thing he he kind of alluded to was the fact that Kyle Busch had to be, like, fired up. Like, um, you, you've got to go in fired up to win that kind of race. Um, but now Ty Tyler Reddick feels fired up to go win at Las Vegas. Tyler Reddick wants to to win at, at um, mm. this weekend. So it's a really interesting storyline to watch. Um, we'll see what happens this weekend. I don't know if Tyler Reddick necessarily has the speed yet in the 2311 car. But he'll get there. We know how talented he is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next topic or next question. Overreaction, underreaction. Trackhouse Racing is the best team in the cup garage right now. What do you guys think? Hunter, you're taking this one first, bud. I want to hear your answer. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, that's an overre overreaction for sure. Um, they are running really well right now. Uh, two points races, and I think both cars have finished in the top ten in both both races. Um, but to say that they're best the best team in the garage, I mean, the Hendrick cars. I mean, they they're qualifying most of them in the top ten. They're running very well for the most part. Um, I know Larson had engine problems this past weekend, but I I just don't think tra Trackhouse is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but I do not think they they are the top top team ross justain he's running really well but i it's i think that's a bigger overreaction than than kyle bush being the championship favorite oh wow it's a it's a tough answer for me too because it's like we know my allegiances i think ross justain is like my number two driver at this point because oh, i like how much he stirs on. up and it's it's so fun watching a guy stir everybody up and get people pissed so but that being said, I do still think it is an overreaction for them being one of the best garage cars. Because Hunter said, Hendrick is always up and bounds, qualifying well. Who would have thought after three after two races that the top Hendrick driver is not the five or the 24 or the nine. It's actually Bowman right now, surprisingly, because he was able to notch two top tens where Elliott was able to notch at only one top four, but he got wrecked, so it didn't matter. But in terms of point standing, Bowman's like fourth or fifth. So, and then you have teams like Joe Gibbs, where they're still always around. Ty Gibbs has been having a slow start, um, but he's still hanging around. He's going to have his chance. Jurex is going to have a better year um, and things like that. So in terms of like a team that I put over them, I'm still going to put Hendrick over them for now, just because they've been able to field four cars together. They're not getting the results because of caution so far, but they've been able to string four cars together that can actually compete where Daniel Suarez had a good finish last week at Fontana, but 
Daniel Suarez does this, he'll have like a really good race and then be awful for like five and then have a really good race and then be awful for five. It's really just like Ross Chastain is the only one that stays consistent of getting top 10s or top 15s. So to me, it's not like the best garage if you only have one car being that good. So that's okay. my stance. Valid, valid. I'm going to take the not no reaction yet again. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to disagree with you two twice in a row, and I'll tell you why. Ross Chastain finished third this week. He had a pretty good car. He Maybe not a race-winning car, but a pretty damn good car. Finished third, led a ton of laps. Dinosaurus finished fourth. They finished 3-4. Three, three, Chevys went one through four, but um, two of those Chevys were track house racing cars. If you look at the Cup Series um, owner standings, track house is currently number one. These are just stats. They are leading Team Penske right now. Um, Team Penske two, track house one. Track house has 92 points. Team Penske is 91. I mean, if if we looked purely at the stats right now, track house has got some. after, After two races, of course. Yeah, okay, but are they not the team to beat right now? Like, who's the team? I mean, it's true. Like, you got to look at the end of the season, too. Like, end of the season, Chastain, I know he had the crazy move, whatever. You have different opinions based on any listener listening. But to be able to be a new team and make it into the championship four, and then you come out the next season hot out the gates, it's very impressive. It is a very good, reliable, like, oh, I should actually care about this team and garage a little bit more because they've been able to sustain this energy going through multiple seasons now. I mean, <clears throat> we're going to show up on on Sunday, and your favorites for that race are going to be the track house. Like, like who, like, you're, like, if you look purely at the cars, if you look purely not at skill, just like what cars are going to be fast. You know the one and the 99 are going to be fast. They are. Uh, so, I don't know. That's just considering so our Chastain got third last year at Vegas. So, he's going to be ready. They know how to tune that car up. Suarez got last cuz he had problems, but that's obviously you can't control problems. That's not a garage thing. That's a damn you got caught. That sucks. Let's move on. So, <clears throat> so next topic Overreaction, underreaction. Ty Gibbs is NASCAR's biggest villain right now, especially with Kyle Busch no longer being a fan hate. What do you guys think? Who even would be the villain right now? Is there one set villain? Like, I know people don't like Chastain, but Chastain's a very polar guy. You either like him or you don't. There's no, like, in-between people right now. He reminds me of, like, early... um, uh the driver blank for me but he's very polar right now just like people hate him people don't ty gibbs has not had a chance to be a villain yet in these first two races and i know his time is coming to allow that to happen whether he spins another teammate out again or races somebody hard and people he'll race somebody hard and he'll race them clean but Twitter will go immediately up in arms and being like, he shouldn't have thrown that block. That's ridiculous. What is this kid doing? He should not be doing that. He's just only 18. He can't be doing that crap. So I know his villain arc is coming. So I guess my answer then is currently, as it stands, it's an overreaction. When the season progresses, it's um, an underreaction because he'll probably shine to that villain role. 
Hunter. I don't know how the rest are feeling. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I will go. I'll go overreaction as well. I'll wait for John to, to disagree. But I mean, he hasn't <laughs> two races. He hasn't done anything. I mean, I, I don't know. The way I've seen him race in the Cup Series from last year to this year, he's been he's been pretty well behaved. I guess I know he's got his um, his villainous in the in the Xfinity Series, but as of right now. Uh, he's not a villain to me. I've got no quarry with him. So as of right now, it's an overreaction for me. I'm going to, um, you know, I, I'm a little torn. I So I, here's what I think before I say what I think. Um, you better agree <laughs> with an overreaction because he hasn't done anything. It can't be an underreaction. So I think he's the most disliked driver in the cup garage right now. From a, like a fan yes. standpoint. Like, most disliked, but I agree the fact that he's not a villain quite yet. So I'm going to say overreaction. Um, and I agree with what you both said, Alex, especially the fact that like, he hasn't had the chance to be a villain yet. Like, and he's not going to be a villain until he starts winning races, if that makes sense. Yeah. So he, he also may not even have that like role because like, you know, he's had some pretty messed up stuff happen in the off season yeah. and like yeah. the end of Xfinity to now. So like he could be an entirely new person, but. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's hard to say at this point, but at this juncture, um, but being a rookie, I mean, it's hard in the cup series. He's not going to come out here and start winning races right, right away. It might, he might win a couple races this year. I wouldn't be too surprised. He's in good equipment, um, but he's not winning those races yet. And I don't see him becoming a villain until he starts winning races. Um, but when he does start winning races, I think he needs to embrace that role. I think if he does, that's a really niche audience that NASCAR doesn't have right now, especially if we're taking Kyle Busch lacking away from that. But the villain's so bad. I want well, to say so bad. It's almost like to, to an extent, Joey Logano <clears throat> is like the guy right now. I, I guess, but like, like I don't even like see him as a villain anymore. Oh my god, he's just. I mean, I hate him too, but I mean, the kid's got talent. He's not even a kid anymore. We can't say kid, but like he's got talent and, you know, he doesn't like his off track antics are like nothing. He like admits to being two faced. He's like, yeah, I'll wreck you and then like have a beer with you afterwards. Like, I don't care. It's just like our job. Like, I have to do it and we'll make amends later. A villain to me is like, I wrecked you because you were in my way and you sucked. So that's why I did it. Joey Logano will be like, oh, well, I'm sorry about doing that, bud. It was just short track race and let me move on. I'll get you a beer somewhere at the bar. Like, that's not a villain to me. Just because yeah. I hate him doesn't make him a villain. So I think <laughs> the key component is really you have to be winning races, right? Like, yeah, to be a villain. Like, like you can't just be, like, just wrecking people and be a villain. Like, yeah, that just, it's, that just means you suck. It's like, like, the, it's like the Tom Brady, you know, like people, like, hate Tom Brady. Because he he's so like, good. Yeah. I mean, it was the same thing with the Intimidator. It was the same thing with Jeff Gordon. It was the same thing with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was winning too many races, so people hated him. I mean, Denny Hamlin. The same, thing with, same thing with Jimmy Johnson, too. He wasn't winning a lot of races during his time, but he was winning championships, and everybody was like, oh, here come the playoffs again. He's going to win again, and people would be yeah, upset about I, uh, it. I, don't, I have a hard time <laughs> calling Jimmy Johnson a villain, though. I think he was uh, a hero. This is a freaking Batman moment. He was a he was the <laughs> hero until he saw himself become the villain. Like yeah. and he saw he was became the villain because people were just tired of seeing him win. That's true. That is true. But um yeah, that was um I don't know. I really enjoyed that discussion. That was an interesting topic. Next uh overreaction, underreaction. 
is Stuart Haas in serious trouble? Um, you this know, one. What? This one. This is not an over under. This is like a proper <laughs> rating. Like they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I tend to agree. Um, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. But, you know, right now their performance isn't there. They're going to lose Kevin Harvick, who is the staple of their entire freaking franchise. And now they are potentially leaving, losing Bush, Anheuser Bush as a sponsor, which is probably one of the biggest sponsors in the sport. I mean, it's got to be up there with the likes of FedEx as far as, um, you know, money it's going to be bringing in. Yeah. I am. I'm nervous about that. Genuinely concerned about what they're going to be able to do. I think they might have to go to a three car team. Like, I think that's something they have to be seriously considering not filling the seat of Kevin Harvick, just falling to a three car team and worrying about their on track performance. Cause right now it's, yeah. it's, I mean, I mean, it's Kevin Harvick. That's it. That's and on track performance. And it's hard to say that, but I mean, Kevin Harvick's fourth in standings, right? Or yeah. in the, he's in had, the he's had two good. Yeah, he said two oh, good races. Kevin Harvick is performing as you'd expect, uh, and that's great. Um, but <laughs> what's the next Stuart Haas car? Like, uh, let me let me just Eric Almarola, I think, is probably next. Eric Almarola in 25th in the standings. You're talking about one yeah, of like, the top teams in NASCAR, or what's supposed to be the top one of the top teams in NASCAR, especially from a, a money perspective, the amount of money they put in the sport. And your your second best car is in twenty fifth. So now when when and hang on pause to make matters even worse, Travis Pastrana raced one race this year is ahead of Chase Briscoe. Don't tell me he's high in the standings. Travis Travis Pastrana in his Cup debut or in his Daytona five hundred debut is ahead of Chase Briscoe and Ryan Priest in the standings. I understand it's only been two races and the 500's a crapshoot, but like, come on, dude. You've got four cars. Only one of them is ahead of a one-off racer. And well, here's the thing uh, worse is they they re-signed. Well, I I well, did they re-sign Chase Briscoe? Yeah, didn't they give him an extension? Yeah, but I think Briscoe had a slow start last year. I don't think Briscoe's like a problem. I think he just is always a slow burner kind of driver. Um, I Briscoe has talent, like he's gonna be okay, but Stuart Haas needs like talent quickly. Like, one of those drivers needs to figure it out. And there's a lot for me to unpack with Stuart Haas mainly because I was a Tony fan growing up. So, when he was a driver, I was a huge fan of Tony. Um, and I thought I would be a Stuart Haas team fan, but that changed obviously once I saw progression go down. So with Stuart Haas, a lot to unpack. First thing for my problem is the Bush sponsorship. That scares the crap out of me because I'm not even scared about Stuart Haas retaining them. There's also the possibility of like, I don't think Bush would leave, but what if they just left the sport altogether? Now it's like, holy crap. We don't have any sponsorship that's staying around. The next sponsorship that stayed around for the longest is FedEx and Ally. That's it. Those are like the only two that have stayed around for more than five years at that point. But Bush will stay. Two, I have a soft spot for Priest because met him a couple times. My dad worked with him a couple times in Connecticut, so it's cool to see him in a cup ride again in a prestigious spot. But I need him to figure it out. And Stuart Haas altogether just doesn't have 
<clears throat> the performance they want, and they haven't had it for, what, two years at this point? Chase Briscoe kind of turned it up a little bit when the playoffs started, but right away after, like, the first race, he was back at the bottom and, like, scratching and clawing to get into that final cutoff spot each time. Um, so they have problems. I do have this one big running theory with the Fords. The Ford camp, they don't have that many, like, decent drivers, like, racing for them besides what zane smith is a ford yes, um, yes. and he's probably the favorite right now right I zane smith probably, like he's a really fun driver to watch however if Stuart haas knows that you know it's going to be hard to bring a rookie in of zane smith to like be like hey we need you to develop that's still not going to bring money in for them like having four guys that are all mediocre or a guy that's trying to learn it's not good for them here's where the tinfoil cap comes on you're gonna like there are there are a few drivers that are sponsored by Bush already at the lower level. One of them is a very popular driver. They might not be the best driver right now, but they do get a lot of clicks. They do get a lot of money. Haley Deegan is Gosh. sponsored by Bush, and Tony Stewart did sign Danica back in the day, and we all knew that she wasn't a good driver, but. Look at how much freaking money she brought in for that team. I think he could go that route and be like, well, I need to earn money somehow. Let's get a bunch of sponsorship. And if Bush wants her there, then that's going to be writing on the wall. But that's a tinfoil theory. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I could see I could see Smoke doing it, though, and signing up for Haley Deegan to be in. I think her arc, though realistically should be she's got another year on the trucks she'll go to xfinity next year and then we'll see what happens after that but hunter it's I'm a curious lot. Your, your thoughts before i spend the next 15 minutes ranting <laughs> um, alex what a theory um, i'm going to disagree um <laughs> i will strongly disagree on that um so here are my thoughts so i think i think this was a long this was this was coming um, what was it? 20, 2021 was the last time that Harvick really won a few races. What was that? Is that the year that him and Denny went back and forth? Um, after then, I no speed. Uh, they weren't racing very well. And I think you just saw the decline coming. So I think Stuart Haas is in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble with Eric Emerald being maybe their top guy, maybe Briscoe. I could see Briscoe taking over as the if top. Eric Almarola is your top guy, you're not in a good spot. You're well, not in a good spot. But he, he's going to be, unless, okay. I think Briscoe, all, the over, dude right? was retiring a, a year ago. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking it out. I'm not doing this anymore. And Smithfield or whatever his freaking sponsorship, it was like, no, 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 no. You cannot do that. I need you here. And he was like, all right, I guess I'll race for two more years. So I would also suggest that his heart's not even like in it fully. So it's yeah. like, you got to, your top drivers, either Briscoe or Amarola, unless Priest blows the wheels off. Yeah. And I think you're going to need Briscoe to, to really step up, especially if Harvick will, because Harvick is leaving. Um, but here's, here's a bold, and I'll, I'll talk about it more in our next topic, but Bush will not leave. Bush is going to go to another team. And I think I have a theory of where they're going to go, but Bush will stay in the sport. But Stuart Haas is going to find either a new sponsor or 
or something, but Bush Bush is staying in the sport. And like I said, I'll talk about it in our next on our next segment. Um, but now I'm very curious to think what, what John has to say. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> Stuart Haas has a lot to fix in one year. If they don't fix their program in one year, they are absolutely screwed. Like screwed. Like bad. Like be- very bad. So Harvick is leaving. They might lose Bushbeard. They're most likely going to lose Bushbeard because I agree with what Hunter's probably going to say. So you're losing Bushbeard. You're losing your best driver. And now your second best driver is Eric Almerold. Well, Eric Almerold is not going to win you a championship. He's just not. You might get a win, but he's not going to win you a championship. Here's what, here's what you do. If I'm Stuart Haas, if I'm, my name is Tony Stewart or Gene Haas, here's what I do. Kevin Harvick's gone. Fine. Whatever. We screwed up. He's gone. Now our best driver or veteran is Eric Almirola. Oh boy. What it's you, you have to, you just, you got to find a way to get Eric Almirola out of that equipment because that is probably your best equipment. So you move Eric Almirola, you, you buy his contract out, whatever you have to do, but Eric Almirola cannot be in your, one of your best cars. Then I take Chase Briscoe. I put him in the four equipment. He's got to be in that four car. That's the best equipment they've got. If he can yeah. be in the best equipment, we've seen him win. I wouldn't be surprised if he could rattle off, you know, a few wins, be in contention for maybe a round of eight. I don't see him contending for a championship yet, but a round of eight. Um, Ryan Priest, you know, I like the guy. I, I think he has potential. I'd like to see him succeed. But now you have two open seats. Here's what I would do. I'd make a play on John Hunter Nemechek, steal him from the Toyota garage. Um, Toyota doesn't have a seat for him, in, not for the foreseeable f- future. So he's going to be looking for an opportunity. I don't know if the right opportunity for him is Stuart Haas, but I think you have to make a play on him. And I think you're right. I think you you make a play on um, – on, uh, well, I mean, there's a couple of options. You can either make a play on just now Geyer. That would be a fun – Fun pickup, veteran knows his stuff. Or you you make a play on um, on Smith. I mean, I, I, those are your only options, right? Zane Smith. I think so, we definitely go Smith over Allgaier. I think Allgaier just likes Xfinity too much and just likes staying there. I agree. Um, but I, if you if you offered him a good deal, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to, to take the opportunity. But they've been trying to develop youth for so long, and it's not been working. That's why I suggest the older guy um, in the car, because they've been trying to they try to develop Custer. They, they've been trying to develop Briscoe. Um, and Briscoe has showed potential, but they need to make some significant changes this year. Um, and I don't know exactly what free agency looks like this year. I don't know who's going to be available, but there's not many. That's the so problem. Nobody. There's no one, especially with a lot of these contracts being locked up. I mean – uh, that I mean, is the field's kind of like the field's kind of set for a little bit. We were at a time like two years ago where it was like free agent frenzy and people going places, but the field's like kind of set now. Yeah. Now it's either you're pulling a kid up or you're getting a random veteran somewhere, and that's it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there's not a ton of potential in the Xfinity series right now either. Like there was nope. a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, they all but, they all moved up. <laughs> so okay, speaking of Bush beer, uh, moving on to our next topic segment, whatever you want to call it, Hunter, let's hear it. Like, who do you think they're going to? Um, Bush, 
Bush is going, Bush is going to uh, track house. Um, I, I think I say this, I've been reading a lot. Um, there's been word going around. I don't know how truthful it is, but a lot of people are saying that track house is really pushing hard for it. Um, they, a lot thing that I'm reading here is so like Chastain's obviously comes from like watermelon. He's a watermelon farmer. Um, I'm which drinking kinda, the hell out of a watermelon beer. <laughs> no, but it aligns oh with like the blue collar consumers. So it works very well. I didn't even opinion. think of that. Oh my god! Yeah. Did so, not even think of like the blue collar. Oh, yeah. get Hunter go, in the track house office. <laughs> like to go even further than that. Marketing genius right here. Pitbull has partnered with um, Anheuser Busch before, so there. Pitbull already has really good relations Whoa. there. As an owner, like there, there's just no way that they don't go to track house. All well, the way. What? There's a couple ways they don't go to track house. Well, yeah, obviously, but like right now, it, it looks like track house is like the top top team to go besides Stuart Haas. Besides Kyle Busch, I don't think Kyle so. Busch. It's in no the way. name. It, it's a very that. easy marketing. <laughs> if play, Kyle Busch but... goes out and wins this championship this year, you don't think they're gonna? I mean, granted, the sponsorship's probably gonna be locked up by July or August, but. Kyle Busch wins five races this year before July. You don't think they're going to jump on that train? Come on. I think I those are the top two teams, and it's going to be a bidding war. I think Bush is either going to Trackhouse or RCR, and it's going to be an absolute bidding war of who gets who gets the sale. That's it. Because Trackhouse is going to be pushing that angle hard. They have the connections with Pitbull, I guess. I did not know Pitbull worked with them before, but – and then Bush, RCR, look at the sponsorships for Bush this year. They don't have, like, a primary sponsor besides, like, the weed company. And that uh, doesn't that doesn't sell. So listen, RCR is going to be pushing hard for an actual sponsorship for the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if another team steps in. I, I you know, I, I those are maybe our front runners right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hendrick steps in and tries to snag Bush beer. If Joe gets uh, I guess because Byron Byron doesn't have like a sponsor at all besides like Liberty University. That's one of the issues with Joe Gibbs right now is they don't have long term sponsors besides FedEx. Like you don't think Joe Gibbs or or Bass Bass Pro Shop is also there. Yeah, and I guess Monster Energy now with Ty Gibbs, so they have long term sponsorship. Yes, although Bass Pro Shop is leaving when Truex leaves. Like Bass Pro Shop will leave when Truex leaves, and they'll sponsor Austin Dillon. <clears throat> so I, it's, it's tough. Hard. You got a lot it's, of teams that need sponsorship. Is Truex coming back next year? Have we confirmed that? Do we know? Actually, I don't know what his contract is. He may be a free agent for all we know. That's where Stuart Hosco is. They get Truex. Oh my God. That would be. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Truex in the four car. I mean, okay, I guess I guess John Hunter Niebuchek does have a seat with the Toyotas then if he moved on. Yeah, that would that would be true. Oh. I, I think John Hunter Niebuchek does have a seat because Truex is getting towards the end. Denny's getting towards – eh, Denny's still got like five years. But Truex is getting there. Truex is uh, – how old is Denny, 42? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's got five or six years. He's going to go until like 48. Oh. I don't think so. I think he was three more years, two or three max. 
Oh, you, okay. I was I was giving more benefit of the doubt then, I see. I could be wrong. I, I think he's just going to slow down if he doesn't keep winning. I can't find anything on Truex. I only see, like, sponsorships signing with him for another couple more races in 2023, but I don't see a uh, contract anywhere after that. So maybe his contract is up after this year. Hmm. Who knows? Could be well, something to watch for as the season progresses. For sure. Um, you know, this week was the final week on the two-mile layout at Fontana. There's a lot of speculation whether or not they're actually ever going to go back there. Um, it's very, very unlikely that they actually race there in 2024. It just takes too long to build a track, and people are really doubting whether or not they're going to be able to build a track on that 20% of land that they have left after selling 80% of the property of Fontana for roughly $540 million. Um, the way things are going. So here, here's a suggestion I heard, um, and, and I'll speak to this effect before I let you guys give your piece. But it, it just seems like a dumb business deal for NASCAR not to sell the entire property. Like, why wouldn't, if you're going to sell 80% of that, I don't know, what, 800 acres or so, why not just sell 100% if you're building a new track anyway and build it somewhere else? You know what I mean? Because you, you probably could have yeah. sold 100% of that property for probably close to, closer to 800 billion, I'm sorry, 800 million um, and built a track somewhere else entirely. But now you kind of just cut out that, you cut yourself out of that and now you don't have enough parking so you're gonna have to lease the parking land i don't know it just seems a little a little backwards to me um but regardless this is definitely our last year on the two mile format um so you know what do you guys think about that you know did you enjoy the race are you kind of disappointed and uh where do you think we race next year instead of fontana a straight course in new york city oh my god what about <laughs> uh dude, that's just me being sarcastic and upset because i like auto club a lot the rate i'm the racing there this past weekend was so fun and it makes me upset that i'm never going to see it again because that track was something fun to watch it was a nice two mile cars would always move around past each other it was just a fun track and you know, we're getting rid of it to potentially add a short track that we won't even see next year if it gets built. And as terms of like what track actually fin like replaces it in 2024, I have no freaking idea. I, I don't know where they're going to go. It's got to be somewhere where there's not rain. So they're going to have to find a track elsewhere to con continue that West Coast swing or whatever. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have to look up tracks, I guess. I have no idea. Yeah, I think we're going to see <clears throat> a very different schedule in 2024. Hunter, what do you what do you got there? Where do you think they're going? I think I've got a few ideas. Oh, boy. Here we go. First off, I am actually really upset that Fontana will not be on the course anymore. I really like that track. Um, probably shouldn't say this, but, I mean, John was – John had the phone while I was driving. And I like, couldn't stop looking over. <laughs> I'm over here <laughs> driving, but like that, it was so such good racing. Like it like breaks my heart not to see that come back next year. But my three three tracks that I think have some possibilities. Oh, this guy did his research a little bit. I think we could go back and see the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Oval. Oh, please. 
the oval could come back. I would love to see that. Um, and a lot of the drivers have been talking about a new course and it's not even the new course, but to bring back the oval instead of the road course. Um, my second option is bringing back a new track of Iowa Speedway. They still use it, but it could be something different for, for NASCAR to bring back. That's not a speed or a, a road course of some sort. And then my third, which is like my least likely, but North Wilkesboro, I know they're doing the all-star race there, but this could be maybe a full-time um, circuit that they use that's not um, not the all-star race. Interesting. Interesting points. Um, I could totally see North Wilkesboro if they have a successful all-star race there. Um, I, I think I think there's... They got to repave that track, though, don't they? Like, if they're going to do a serious points okay. race there, they're going to have to spruce the well, track up. I mean, do they have to? I mean, Fontana's surface was 30 years old. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess so. I don't know how old North Wilkesboro is. I feel like it's pretty well, old. Either, but <laughs> but um, I think I think one of the potential options is Long Beach doing a doing a road course race there. Um, I, I think, you know, it's really hard to say. I think they're probably going to try to stay in that um, area, you know, regionally speaking, because it's a pretty big audience for them in the LA market, and they're not going to want to yeah. just throw that away. I, I wouldn't be two ideas too, too, but too surprised to see them go outside of the United States either, either Toronto. I don't. I don't even know what road courses are in Canada. Um, I but wouldn't be surprised Canada, if they tried making the Coliseum a point race. Oh, please, I love doing that. that. If they do that, that's such a, it's such a mistake. You know what I think will actually happen for real, and it will be the most anticlimactic. They're just going to do a double header at a track, and that'll be uh, it. So boring, though. You have so many good options. Yeah, like, but they'll my... just be like, "Well, we got to piecemeal this together, so let's just go to Las Vegas twice." Boom. <laughs> figured it out <laughs> so okay i mean uh there's just so many good options that that would just be such a bad like what if they went to laguna seca like i don't know if they can feasibly race on that course but how yeah, cool would it be if they went to laguna seca like that would I don't be a know very fun course um but it would be insane i'm looking it up whether or not it's been done before but, I mean, they the Weather Tech Series races there. Hmm. So maybe they can go there then. I I I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. But if they're gonna do a road course, which wouldn't surprise me if they replaced it. Here, here, okay, here's the master plan. Here is my master plan. NASCAR did run at Laguna Seca in 2000, and I just lost it. In 1981, they did race at Laguna Seca, which is so freaking cool. Okay. 1981. Oh, they also ran there in 73, 75, 76, 77, 80, 81, 2000, and 2001. So let's go back because okay. that's freaking so cool. Um, number one. It's number two. Cool track. Here's the master plan. Here's what you do with the, the schedule in 2024. Because you don't want to add another road course. I get it. 
make the Indy Roval, make that a Indy Oval race. And now you just cleared up a road course slot. And then you make Fontana. Let's race at Laguna Seca. Included in the West Coast Swing. It's so easy. It's there. It's it's two hours, three hours north. It's doable. They've done it before. I don't know if they can still do it, but let's try it. Let's see what happens. And uh, I mean, how freaking cool! Come on, guys. Any, any. It would be. Your it would be very cool. Hunter hates it. <laughs> I don't disagree. I think those are all good ideas. Which means well, NASCAR won't do it. No, obviously. <laughs> so there <laughs> might be a reason why. So it looks like Indy was actually supposed to race there in 2020, but the pandemic ruined that idea. Um, but anyway, they, they should make it happen. That's all I got to say about that. Um, there were some restart issues at Fontana this past week. Everyone was making a big deal out of it. What, what do you guys think about the, the wreck that was on lap 80 or so? Um, people thought Joey Logano checked up. Seems like he didn't. Realistically, it was just a longer restart zone. Um, drivers were trying to anticipate the, the start. What do you guys think? So I I think it's honestly on most of the, most of the drivers. Um, I think looking at the feed, uh, Joe Logano did everything about as right as he could. They just extended the, the restart zone, um, and they anticipated him going sooner, and he decided he was going to go later, and everybody jumped the gun real quick, and then they had to brake check and caused a huge pileup. Um, I don't blame Joey for that. I just blame everybody for – I mean, I can't even blame everybody. They tried to just get a good a good start, and it just kind of bit them all in the butt and resulted in a big uh, big pileup. But I don't, really, I don't really have anybody to blame on that. Um, it's just – trying to get used to the bigger restart zone and it's going to take a few races for for everybody in the back half of the race to get um adjusted to that yeah i have a, a couple of takes on it the first take is i you know i agree i don't think it matters like why are, like why are we even like making a big deal out of it like okay they wrecked in the restart zone but we've seen that happen so many times in the past 20 years like that's not nothing new um and i feel like people are jumping to the conclusion that it's just because of the longer longer restart zone, which it could be. I mean, in that case, it probably was because of that. I also feel as if NASCAR just needs to stop changing stuff that no one like cares about. Like no no one complained about the old restart zone. Like I get it, they're trying to create more or give the, the lead car a bigger advantage. But I mean, did anyone really ask for that? Like who was asking for that that they felt the need to change it? Um there's just a million other things they could change. The restart zone was fine. Why, why are we changing things that don't need to be changed? It's just another classic NASCAR move. And once again, it failed, bit them in the butt. And now, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, defend themselves. And once again, I, I, I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think the restart zone size matters. I think you could run the restart zone for an entire lap um, and have the same result either way. But that's just my opinion of it. What do you got, Alex? If it's just like same thing you're saying, doesn't make any sense why you're going to change a bunch of things around it to make everybody feel, I guess, nervy, nervous about like um like how the restart's gonna go or checking up or breaking, it's causing a whole commotion. Everybody gets thrown out of whack, and then you got a bunch of cars that 
ruin your fantasy lineup, and then it just goes to kaput oh, and you get all upset. You. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just like one of those things of like, why do we do that? I don't know. Creates fun drama controversy. So let's just do it and that's it. That's all it is. It's just nothing we can talk about ever again because we'll never see it again. So we'll Until have to we deal it. with the restart. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I I think that's all we have to leave that on. Like I, I genuinely don't think we need to talk about it anymore because it's just it's what it is. Like who cares? Like why are we even? I don't know. Anyway, um, new package proposals for short tracks and road courses. Alex, I'll let you take lead on this one. Short tracks and road courses. Short tracks, except Bristol and Dover, um, are going to have a different package change. Um, This is going to be enacted into this season. What they're going to do is they are changing three spots in the diffuser, and I forget exactly the part they were calling it. They're changing three things in the diffuser. Um, that's one of the main things. There's really two main things that they were changing. And the second thing was making the spoiler go from four inches to two inches. So, and Denny Hamlin has said in his podcast before, um, in the Denny Hamlin podcast, because we still don't know the uh, actual name of yep. said podcast, Actions Detrimental. That's yep. the name of the podcast. Yep. Um with his podcast, he did talk about like, I can't remember if it was a podcast or an interview, but Denny straight up was like, NASCAR is never moving the horsepower. So stop asking for it, get the hell over it. And I was like, yeah. all right, so what are they going to try to do different? So we talked about this last year when John and I only had like four episodes last year when we tried to get whoa, back on the horse. Whoa, whoa, buddy, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> when we tried to get back on the horse, we talked about like the short tracks suck. There is nothing going on. They can't move around. They can't pass each other. The tires weren't getting worn out at all. Like Brad Keselowski did a move to get stage points at Bristol night or something like that. And he did like 180 laps on his tires and nothing happened to him. It was like, how is this going to happen? They're also changing something with like trying to make it like, or they're not changing it, but they are looking into putting like different grooves in the tires So that way it doesn't have that strong mechanical grippy feeling and it gives a little more leeway and gives a little more tire wear, which, all right, if you're not going to change the mechanical part, I guess that's cool. But I don't like Goodyear trying to tamper with even more tire things because that can just get dangerous. So it's interesting. But the two main things, the reason they're doing that, of changing the diffuser and changing the spoilers, they're trying to get a little bit more downforce. Um... And with more downforce, you kind of mimic like having higher horsepower. If you have the more downforce, it's much easier to mimic that stage and try and get around cars. And we'll see how it works. When's the first? Um, I have the schedule up. I forget when the first short track is, but we'll see it at the first short track or whatever the oh, road Phoenix. course is. Phoenix, right? Yeah, Phoenix, right? That's Phoenix. under. It was anything under 1.058 miles. Uh, so, Phoenix however like one- big. One and a quarter, though, right? Yeah, however big Phoenix Raceway is or Phoenix Speedway, whatever it's called. Um, I think Phoenix is the next one, though. So we'll see it at Phoenix, which is pretty quick. Too long, though, for that metric. I don't know. So we'll see it at some point. I remember seeing tweets from Bob about, like, 
um yeah you'll see it at phoenix or something like that okay so it could be there well, um, hopefully oh you're right the phoenix is only a mile long yeah so there you go so it will fit under that so that's the first time we'll see it after las vegas we're going to see that new package and we'll see if it works because phoenix has been a snoozer oh, i hate the championship so places there so i'm hoping those changes like i don't need it to be like crazy different i just need it to be like not a 25 30 lap battle of somebody trying to take the lead and they don't take the lead i want to see actual like oh you could overdraft and get past somebody awesome that was fun to watch for five laps Oh, look, here he comes, the guy in second that just got passed is coming right back because now his tire wear is not as bad. Like, stuff like that. That would be nice to see at almost all the tracks. So I think that's what they're trying to get, and hopefully they get there. I don't know how you guys feel about those mechanical changes or if you don't know anything about mechanical changes and what it does to the car. You can just sit there and be like, I don't know. It makes it go good. I don't know. Well, I'll let, I'll let Hunter start because, you know, I know my stuff. Well, uh, yes, as John alluded to, no, I do not know my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you so can say whatever you need, Alex, and I'm going to sit here and be like, yeah, no, you're, you're right. But I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes under the hood, <laughs> under the car, whatever. But what I do know is it should produce better better races. Um, they should be able to use more of the track. They should be able to pass, and I'm looking forward to it. There were so many races last year that you could you turn it on, it started out like an okay race and then it just got very boring because the leader would just take off and before you know it they had a three four second lead and the race was over um so i'm looking forward to this and then going back kind of what you said with denny's podcast but even just this past um episode i guess christopher bell was asking for like a new package more horsepower less horsepower and he basically just told him like listen christopher bell just like just like zip it like you're not going to get the change don't waste a breath on it um, so I'm excited that they're changing a little bit. We should be able to see some good races. I am looking forward to it next week at Phoenix. It should be some good racing. Hopefully, hopefully it goes, it goes well. That's like the big thing. You can change those things that it's supposed to do well. Um, but I, I pray to God that it, it's going to be some good races coming our way here at short tracks and yeah. um, the road courses. It also well, sucks for me that they're not doing it on the concrete ones either. Like, I thought it would be cool to see that Dover and Bristol, but they're not doing it because um, those short tracks didn't count because there are the short tracks that aren't going to have potential rain tires and like racing in the rain and damp conditions. So that's why they didn't do it because it was a money costing thing of like, oh, well, we don't want to make another package for that. And it's like, seriously, it's two freaking races. They complain about um like oh we're trying to make it cost effective but it's not that much so the teams can save some money and then nascar two days later this is off topic but nascar two days later then goes oh if you want to file appeal it costs more money now it's like how are you trying to say you're trying to make it cost effective when you're in another aspect of the sport you're changing some things but that's the reason why they didn't count bristol and dover i guess they can't do rain because of the concrete is that why i guess you can't really race wet on concrete uh -huh. Well, I, th I think it's more to do with the banking. Banking, if ah, true. The banking's probably a lot harder. Yeah, a lot steeper. I mean, that's probably more of it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Um. You know, I think I think Phoenix is going to be a great litmus test for us. Um, I'm glad that's going to be the first track that we're going to see with the new package, just because it's going to give us a really, really good idea of what Martinsville and what um 
Richmond are going to look like. And I mean, nothing for nothing, but it is the championship track still to this day for some godforsaken reason. Um, <laughs> so hopefully it produces some good racing. And I say all that, you know, Phoenix was one of my favorite tracks growing up. Like I really used to enjoy it. used to be so there. fun. It used to be I, such a fun track. And it, it still can be if they just, well, number one, the repave kind of screwed it a little bit, but yeah. um, I'm hoping we see some good racing. I think the real key component is nothing to do with the spoilers. I mean, I think that the smaller spoiler will help. Um, I think the biggest thing that can help either one of these tracks or any of these short tracks is is exactly what you alluded to, the smaller tire profile. Um, so putting the groups in the tires. I think that's if you know, if their tests go well and they implement that, hopefully before the end of the season, I don't care when they do it. I, I know some people do. I don't care if they did it tomorrow. I don't care if they did it right before the playoffs start. Everyone's going to be on the same playing ground regardless. But as long as they don't do it only for the championship race, uh, I think that is going to be so, so, so important because we've seen it. These cars are on rails at some points. Um, we see it at Martinsville. It's just way too easy for them to get drive off. But if they have the difficulty, you know, putting that horsepower to use, if if the grip is not there um, and they have to really feather the throttle, well, suddenly those short tracks are a lot more interesting if they can't get off the corner as well. Um, and if they're constantly diving in too wide into the corner um, and, and if that bottom line isn't working as well because they can't get gripped up. So, you know, I, I think that's if they can. But here's, you know. Nothing for nothing, but this should have been done in in November. This should have been done in December. Why did they wait until now? It's March. Now the season began, and now we're testing new tires? It's the same thing we talked about last year. It was like, why did you wait so long for the safety part? Like, it, it took forever, and the safety testing they did was like four times. And it was like, yeah, the car's fine. And the drivers were like, hey, dude, I can't race in the playoffs because I got a concussion. And it's like, you didn't do anything. They wait till the last possible minute for everything. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't speak to the, to the safe, like safety stuff because like, I don't know what progress they've made, but it just feels like they just keep dragging their feet on dumb stuff. Like we, Goodyear, we knew there was an issue with the tire. We knew it. There, there were multiple issues with the tire last year, and one of the biggest complaints was it, there was just no fall off whatsoever. And I don't know if this is NASCAR or Goodyear or who it is, but this should have been the first thing they thought of because it was an idea. It was an idea last year that they should probably test group tires. And it does not take this long to design a tire that can hold up with grooves in it because we've seen Formula One do it. We've seen IndyCar do it. And it took them way too long to figure this out. Now we're going to be in the middle of the season, if not in the playoffs before they actually implement anything. Um, and, you know, people are going to be up in arms, especially if there's tire failures. Tire failures, excuse me. Um, so I just really wish NASCAR was on this a little bit sooner, but it's just, yeah, I really, I, I hope they do find a way to implement it. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for the racing um, because these cars have too much grip and they have too much downforce and they have too much or too little horsepower for the amount of grip they're making. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I think there is a lot of potential, especially at Phoenix for our championship race. That there is. So, so, oh, go ahead. The final, the final topic, I suppose, is what we'll get into here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and we have good old Vegas coming back up. We're going to see a nice little repeat of some backing in the wins. It's going to be a good time. For those that don't know, this is where Bowman won his first race of the year and Kyle Bush. I don't recall. Oh, yeah. That's what Kyle Bush said. You know, he just backs in, backs into wins. And then they said, all luck, no skill. That is Meg's name in the fantasy. So that is why I made her do that. I was like, well, it's your first year. You got to have all luck, no skill on there. And also you're a Bowman fan. So it just works out. Um, So we are going to Vegas. That being said, we're talking about picks, not fantasy picks per se. But if you do like to share those, that's okay. Um, But we're talking about like who we think are going to be some studs when we're talking about Vegas. And obviously... I do think Bowman is a sleeper pick just because, you know, he wasn't like leading the race that day, but he was staying in the top 10 or like getting like ninth or 10th in stage points, whatever. He is coming off two good weeks. He got a top 10 in both and got stage points in both races so far. It's probably the best start Bowman has had in his career. Um, And a lot of that could be due to the fact that we finally fired Greg Ivis to not be the crew chief anymore because that man could not make a car for squat. So Bowman is a very good sleeper pick in that regard. Um, when we talk about other drivers, people that I had on my radar are, you know, decent Fords. I was really looking at Logano, Blaney, the two Penske guys. They're probably going to be showing some speed. A dark horse pick would be Brad K for me because Brad has actually been showing a little bit of speed. Um, I really haven't thought much about the Toyotas, and I feel like that's been a trend for me. Going into last year, when we were in towards the end of the races, I was like, Toyotas are like kind of outnumbered because what is there seven of them in the cup? There's not many of them, right? It's the four Joe Gibbs. You got two in twenty three eleven, and I guess that's it, right? So they have six. So they have seven when they have a random guy come for twenty three eleven. So they have six freaking cars, and that's it. So it's very hard to be like, oh yeah, the Toyotas are going to be into that race but that being said i think truex could have a final potential here just because he's been sneaky good at this track um but other than that a lot of picks are really relying on a lot of chevys for me and a decent amount of fords is what i'm going to be targeting as kind of my picks i don't know where you guys are standing with those but that's kind of my platform so far I'll, I'll go before Hunter goes. I think because I don't want him to steal my pick and um, make my <laughs> life harder. Um, I think the no-brainer here, and you kind of alluded to him, Joey Logano is a no-brainer pick. If you don't pick Joey Logano, you are literally shooting yourself in the foot. Now I'm going to say that, and now he's going to wreck on lap one, and I'm going to be absolutely scared. Hey, you said that a lot last year, but that never happened. That never came to yeah, Joey Logano so is the no-brainer pick. The no-brainer. Yeah, right. What was, what was his uh... – what you, you got his stats? Is that what you're about to go through? I was about yeah, to I'm about that. to go through seven, seven top tens in the last 10 races, four top fives, three wins here. Um, he's led 336 56 laps and has an average finish of 7.1 here at the last 10 races. Now, there are a couple of drivers with better average finishes, but um, Joey Logano has just been dominant from a wins, wins column perspective. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit of a boomer bust in terms of his average finish, but it's, it's 7.1. I mean, you can't 
deny that at all. Um, I cannot deny that at all. Cannot deny the sliced bread. So as much as I hate <laughs> him, he's probably going to come away with the top 10 this week. Hunter, what do you got, buddy? No, I really don't want to say because – You freaking uh, – Because this, this guy's in the lead. The last thing I want to do fantasy league. any momentum on me. I've got wins. I'm leading our – He's worrying fan- too much about me. You got to understand, <laughs> our first to 11 spread in our league is only separated. I'm the 11th guy, and I'm only behind you by 63. You got 10 other guys to worry about, dude. But it's I'm not, not – It's I'm not, not like about a far spread. I'm really not. I feel like uh, I'm thinking of last year. Yeah, there might be ten or so guys there, but I think I think they'll die off. I think Alex will come sneaking his way it's back. Rent, up it's rent there. free. It's rent free. It is rent free. <laughs> You're in my head. But so I'll tell you, there are four drivers on my on my envelope here. I've written four drivers oh. that finished in the top ten, both races last year. So I will take. I hate that I'm going to pick this, but I'm going to take Ross Chastain. Oh, hell yeah. As the winner, I know. I hate it. He will be in my lineup. Alex, you can pick him if you'd like. Um, but he uh, did. He was. I already have my lineup slated before practice qualifying, and he's in it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've got mine most, mostly done. But he, he <laughs> most laps last year in both races. Um, he finished second in the spring, uh, third in the fall. I mean – it's just, it, I think he's going to have a really good car, especially if Trackhouse is the best car in the garage right now. I think, I think he's going to be one hard to beat this week. He is going to be very tough to beat. I just did a quick peek on fantasy uh, racing reference tool just to see like who were the top drivers. Um, in terms of that regard, Denny Hamlin actually leads the last five races with an average, his average finish is only nine. But he has the most points with 211 over the five races at Vegas for the last five. So, you know, last two and a half ish years. Um, top five went Denny Hamlin, Kyle Bush, Truex, Logano, and Chase Elliott. Those are your top five for the last five races at Vegas. A lot of big names where you have to be careful with certain picks and fantasy wise because you don't want to like load up on all those names because like Denny and Chase and Logano and Truex, they're all really good at other tracks. So it's very hard to decide who you want to play. I think the Chastain pick is perfect because he's going to be up there. His last four races there, last three races, whatever, he's been he's been good. He's coming off a good week. So well, who, who are you picking, Alex? Why in my fantasy? Yeah, who who are you picking? Tell the, tell right, the I'll, just, I'll I'll just tell you my full lineup. You ready? All right, I'm ready. It's uh, Chase Briscoe. It's uh, Ryan Priest. No, it's actually, <laughs> I'll be open the first three weeks here. I've got Larson, Chastain, Truex, Kyle Busch, Bowman, Logano. That's my six. And that is going to change because I need – this is, first of all, in the last two weeks, we didn't get any practice qualifying last week, so that really killed me. But now that I'm getting practice and qualifying because there's no rain – I'm going to be okay because I'm going to see, like, there's going to be somebody that shocks me, and I'm going to be like, all right, cool. They're going to get thrown in instead. Um, In terms of that lineup, I don't know. I'm going to be moving around a lot. There's three drivers that I'm not sure about, and there's three drivers that I'm locked in on. So So I've got to see what changes I make. (laughs) I've got a sleeper. 
You're going to call me crazy. Um, but Noah Gregson. Oh, shut Oh, the hell. my God. He, he raced last spring, finished 11th here. And in Xfinity, he races top five here every year. I think I think he's going to be a sleeper. I think he's going to run top 10 most of the day. And I think he'll finish with the top 10. This is going to be Hunter's dumb luck that comes in. And he's going to be like, yeah, this is a good pick. And we're all going to be like, you're crazy. It's like his third cup race ever in a full season. And he's going to come out and get like top three. And I'm going to be so mad. Yeah, Shoot. I actually hate that pick. Like it actually hurts me how much I hate that pick. It's but so it's scary. But it, it's it can work. work. It can work. Like, I got to check. He raced her in the cup last year. Yeah, he took Alex Bowman's uh, seat when he had a con- concussion. Oh, oh, that's right. The concussion. All right. So that, that means pick Bowman because the car was good. That's easy. Explain <laughs> <laughs> the car. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to share my lineup because I feel that uh, confident. Another week in a row. I'll give you. I'll give you one driver who's going to be in my lineup. Joey. No, I'll give. I'll give you an unexpected one. Give you one unexpected driver who's going to be in my lineup. Daniel Suarez. I believe in the track house racing duo. We ride in the wave, baby. We ride. See, this is one of those field. weeks where I think Chastain has car problems and Suarez swoops in. That's why That's I'm like so nervous too. to play Chastain because I'm like, uh. But I need to not second guess myself. I need to just go with it. And I mean, like I said, there's only three freaking drivers I trust in that lineup that I said. So like, I'm not sure who I'm going to play at the end of the day, because you saw my lineup last week and my lineup before that was, if I can pull up race results from last week, um, the top five in fantasy points for Chastain, Bush, Suarez, Denny Hamlin, Harvick. My original lineup before I changed everything was Chastain, Kyle Busch, Daniel Suarez, Harvick, and then I ran Bowman, and he was seventh. I was like, why did I do this to myself? Why did I put Blaney, Christopher Bell, and Kyle Larson in? I couldn't believe I went with the big names instead. I should have just trusted my gut. So we're going to trust my gut this week. I'm going to trust my gut and play Daniel Suarez. Feeling, feeling real good about you got to be day. careful you trusted your gut too much last year and it really it really <laughs> nah, but this year's different this year's different in, in terms of yeah trust. i mean you're already breaking the streak you're already you said you were gonna do it and you did it and i was happy Dude, i'm in actually 13 14th i know even after that week i'm still ahead of you by like 18 points you had such a bad daytona <laughs> well i don't want to talk about that but um Thank you so much for listening to the Tight On Entry Racing Podcast. Once again, it is the fastest growing podcast on Spotify. Pleasure talking with you all. We will recap, or sorry, not Fontana, Las Vegas following the week of action. Hopefully there's no rain in the forecast. Last I checked, there's not. Um, But we do have some action on track tonight. The Truck Series race races tonight. On Saturday, we have practice and qualifying the Cup Series at 135, qualifying right after and then on Sunday, we have Las Vegas for the Pennzoil 400 starting at 3.45 p.m. Make sure you're there or be square. It's going to be a great race. Really looking forward to kicking these guys' ass. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Thank you so much for listening.